Sometimes I think about when I learned how to drive. I was so nervous. I would grip the wheel at 10 and 2 at all times just to know that I was in control. I'm a little more casual with my hands now. Mom, I'm still being safe, I promise. But I still like knowing that the car is only going to move in the direction I want it to. But now, a number of car companies are basically pitching the opposite experience. Just sit down and the car will take care of the rest. I'm talking about driverless cars and taxis. Now, the hype for these vehicles has been around for years. You might have even seen some of them being tested where you live. But experts say the road to full acceptance has been extremely bumpy. My guest this week is CNN's Veronica Miracle, who's based in San Francisco, where this grand experiment is playing out right on the city streets. We're going to talk about how a series of incidents blunted a beefed-up rollout and why some residents are going to great lengths to take back their roads. From CNN, this is One Thing. I'm David Ryan. Veronica, I feel like I should let our listeners know that you're talking to me from a car, not a driverless one, and it's parked, but a car. But when we talk about driverless cars, driverless taxis, like, what are we actually talking about? Because I know a lot of cars like Tesla's have self-driving features, right? But you mean there's literally no one in the driver's seat? That's exactly right. So we rode in cruise, a cruise car and a Waymo car, and it is just like being in a taxi. But there's nobody at the steering wheel. Be sure to keep your hands and arms inside the car. So you're hmm. moving, the car's maneuvering, uh, and when we were on our cruise ride, oh, man. let's see this angry bus driver who's gonna be coming up right there. A bus kind of came into our lane a little bit, and it knew to swerve. This is so crazy. It stops huh. at all of the lights, uh, so it's following the route that a normal driver would take, but there's just no pressure to talk to anyone, there's no pressure to tip, and the car is moving on its own. Yes, hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How can I help you? And also, there are, is somebody who will step in and join the conversation from an intercom if there are any issues. So there's somebody kind oh, so of So it's like it's being monitored, it but is. just there's nobody in the actual seat. Exactly. And, and do you find yourself, like, holding on for dear life as, as another car, like, comes close to you and you're, you're not near the brake or anything? Like, how does that feel? You would think that I thought maybe I would be a little bit more nervous than I normally would. But honestly, the car, it operates at a slower rate than most human drivers. It seems mm. like it is incredibly safe from the passenger experience because it is so cautious when moving through the road and the lanes to the point where it almost seemed like other drivers on the road needed it to to move forward faster or to, to navigate in a quicker more humanistic way. And these sensors can be so sensitive that the car can become disabled. And there are people in the city who 
uh, here in San Francisco who really don't want to see the expansion of cars for whatever reason. Mm. And uh, there's a group of people that have started taking traffic cones and sticking them on top huh. of the cars to disable them. And because the car is sensing that something has been placed on top of the car, uh, the cameras and the sensors can see and feel that. Uh, it stops the car from moving. And then somebody... You're telling me all it takes to stop these cars is a traffic cone on the hood of the car. And that is what is happening. Yes. I'm not encouraging wow. this, but I'm just saying this is what's <laughs> been happening and people have been recording themselves and uh, going viral doing so. We've arrived. Check for bikes and cars as you exit on the sidewalk side. Thanks for riding with Cruz. So it looks like it wants us to get out on your side. Well... I'm certainly glad that your ride went well. That's good to hear because every couple of weeks I, I feel like I see on social media clips of these driverless cars crashing or coming to sudden stops in the middle of the road. So now you're telling me cities are signing off on these being on the road full time? Well, what's interesting about what's happening in San Francisco is there are regulating agencies from the state that are overseeing uh, the movement and the progress of these companies. So, in fact, the city of San Francisco and a lot of the officials uh, here, uh, including the fire chief and other uh, city leaders, have been very vocal and against further rollouts. And that's what was happening uh, prior to the vote. Uh, the California Public Utilities Commission, they held a vote and they were trying to decide whether whether or not to allow Cruz and Waymo uh, even more access than they already do to expand their services, expand their fleet size, expand the amount of time that they can be on the road. And a lot of city leaders before that meeting, they were saying it is not ready for prime time. These cars were having a lot of incidents. We're hearing from our uh, community members that they don't want more cars on the road. And so the CPUC actually went through and they passed that. This happened a couple of weeks ago. And already, a series of events is raising serious questions about that move. Several so the fleet size has increased, and what happened is pretty immediately after, there were a lot of incidents uh, involving at least cruise cars. So mm. there's a big music festival, the Outside Lands Music Festival. It is the San Francisco's biggest. You see there's like one, two, three, four cruise cars blocking and uh, on the first night, on Friday night, there were a number of cars. In one video, you see four cars just stalled sitting uh, in a roadway blocking traffic. And uh -huh. it happened because there were a lot of pedestrians in the roadway. Uh, Cruz has come back and said that uh, one person, a pedestrian, uh, purposely tried to block a car. And that just resulted in kind of this domino effect. The data that we're getting is from 911 calls which have tripled as a result of autonomous vehicles doing crazy things. There was also a very big incident involving a fire truck where a cruise car with the passenger inside, uh, it had the green light, it came through the intersection, but a fire fire truck with its lights and sirens was coming through and, you know, first responders, they always have the right of way and they came through the intersection, they crashed, that passenger had to go to the hospital and oh as a gosh. result of that, uh, the DMV, California's DMV came in and said, crews were going to investigate. You guys need to roll back your fleet by half. And uh, mm. so that's happening right now. They, they've had to do that. They're complying with the investigation. So we're going to see what happens after that. 
I, I mean, I couldn't have predicted it any better. I don't think. I also spoke to the San Francisco fire chief, and after the vote, she basically expressed, "I am not surprised that this happened, and no one should be." Do you think the situation is is dire? I think it could be. Um, as I've stated, it could um, it could cost someone their life. Sure, it could. When an autonomous vehicle impacts one of our company's ability to respond to an emergency incident, it can impact someone's survivability. So despite a lot of those incidents that we've seen, you know, we've been in touch with these companies, uh, specifically Cruise, uh, because Cruise cars have been involved in a lot of the viral moments. So the status quo of transportation is really unacceptable. There's over 40,000 fatalities happening on the roads um, in the United States. And the company spokespeople, they tell us that, you know, their whole mission is to actually make streets safer because they're taking the human element out of it. You know, there's no drunk driving. There's uh, no human error that could be caused. And they tell us that they've had three million driverless miles and there have been no fatalities. So the uh, vehicle design is actually meant for understanding emergency vehicles. That they post all of the data that they have when it comes to crashes. So, you know, the companies are saying that by taking the human element out in the future and now, it could make our roads safer. That's for the people to decide, of course. That is what, though, the company is saying. Do you think that the future is all driverless? I don't know if it's all driverless, but it is definitely something that we think can fit into the greater transportation system, and it is something that we think is life-changing. I guess my question is, do we know if the average person, the average San Francisco resident, wants more of these on the road? Like, is this something people are actually looking for? I think it's very mixed. Um, I think as a passenger, the people that I've spoken to who have been passengers uh, tend to all have very positive experiences. Tell me about some of the pros and cons. Um, the pros is definitely affordability. I've always felt safe inside of the car as well. But if you're not a passenger, if you're a driver, if you're a pedestrian, or if you're somebody who's impacted uh, by a stalled car, say you're riding the metro and it stops in front of the bus and you have to get out because the car won't move, which has happened before, uh, it is a big problem. It's a big issue. And I think a lot of people mm. uh, who are not passengers are expressing the sentiment that there needs to be more testing. I can get there with a normal ride hail in like six minutes, but more recently the routes have gone all the way down to Embarcadero, all the way down to the Panhandle, so I'm getting a nice little tour of the city on my 30-minute ride home, so there definitely needs some adjustments when it comes to that because I feel like it's wasting energy for the car as well. So a six-minute ride is taking 30 minutes? It has in the past. San Francisco tends to be a guinea pig for a lot of the Silicon Valley's inventions, and they don't want to be a guinea pig in this situation because it could potentially be dangerous. And I guess if you do need more testing, what better place than an actual public road? But then that provides an opportunity for mishaps like we've seen. So I imagine that's a big issue as well. It is. And one of the reasons why San Francisco, I'm told, is so perfect for this kind of testing is because there's a lot of four-way stops. So there's a lot of unpredictable mm. patterns. Uh, with a stoplight, 
the cars, they, they can actually maneuver those quite well. But when you come to a four-way stop, you have to observe what are, what are the other humans doing? What Are they going to stop? Mm-hmm. Are they going to go? Uh, are there pedestrians that are coming through? And it's that unpredictable behavior that uh, apparently these companies want to experience and have their cars experience so that they can get more reps under their belt and, and know what to do and be able to iterate. But then does it come at the cost of the people who live in this city, who have to experience the delays, who have to experience the potential issues that come with all of these different tests happening in their backyard? Well, Veronica Miracle there in San Francisco. Thanks, and and watch out for those driverless taxis. Appreciate it. That's right. Thank you, David. One Thing is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Matt Dempsey is our production manager. Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Sunday. Talk to you then.